This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 26, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. As you ponder your holiday travel and what to eat this weekend, ponder this. One of the hidden gifts in the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, mandated calorie counts on many restaurant menus. Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. He talks about the wisdom of the mandate. How did we get this uh, mandatory label for calories and what, who was affected by it? This ambitious calorie labeling proposal was slipped into the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. Um, it wins the Nancy Pelosi have to pass it in order to find out what's in it award because it was certainly not something most people were paying attention to at the time, although it's a major increase in federal involvement in the food industry. And of course, it is only tangentially a health issue. If it's a health issue, then they could have packed in a hundred other things to make us lead healthier lives uh, and call that health too. But uh, they stuck it in there, um, and um, by the time it was, it became controversial with restaurant and convenience store people. It was too late; the bill had already passed, and so there have been four years of, um, uh, you know, writing pained letters to Washington and people trying to get themselves exempted and the exemptions being reversed. And uh, uh, they wound up with a pretty broad sweeping mandate administered through the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, uh, which will, to begin with, extend to uh, chain restaurants nationwide the uh, rules already familiar to people in uh, New York, Philadelphia, and, and a couple of other places, which is that um, each menu item um, at a restaurant or a uh, coffee shop uh, must be uh, given calorie labeling. Uh, much broader than that, though, because it extends to grocery stores that may be selling you prepared food or even salad bars. I'm still trying to figure out how they do it with a salad bar. Uh, it extends to places that sell food incidentally, like the gas station that also sells some hot dogs, the movie theater that also sells popcorn, although that's actually pretty central to their business strategy. But it um, winds up pulling in uh, a lot of uh, different kind of food vendors and causing compliance problems, which vary from one area to the next. And the irony of this, if you believe in improving American food tests, is that uh, this regulation, which is supported by the National Restaurant Association, curiously, although vehemently opposed by many other uh, food maker groups, but uh, it is uh, definitely uh, uh, going to be easiest to comply if you are uh, one of these very large chain restaurants that plans out uh, a half year in advance, your menu changes, uh, does portion control down to uh, tolerances of 1%. Uh, My slogan is, if you're already making your food in a lab, then don't worry. This is just one more lab test to do. Uh, If you're using a major industrial process to create food. you, You know, you already know what the calorie counts are because you're using an industrial process to create your food and because uh, the serving that you serve in Florida is exactly the same as you serve in Alaska. Um, On the other hand, if you are a – let's start with restaurant chains. It goes all the way down to 20 and – uh, that means that for uh, a pizza chain, for example, that uh, may only have outlets around a single large city, uh, they may be swept in. and. 
at that point, uh, the lump cost of uh, dealing with the regulation uh, does uh, probably hurt you a little more if you've got to spread it over only 20 outlets instead of 3,000. But beyond that, this goes after the places that allow localization, allow uh, local discretion with the managers or servers. It goes after the uh, places that attempt to cater to local tastes by having, for example, a different kind of bread in their sandwiches because that's what the people in this uh, side of town uh, traditionally like. Uh, All of those things get you in trouble very quickly with being able to provide the standardized uh, reporting experience that they want. Uh, They did exempt daily specials. Thank goodness for small blessings on that. But uh, otherwise, you've got to... you, you, you've got to uh, know how many calories are in the thing, which means that uh, uh, giving your manager's discretion to switch out ingredients, to um, uh, you know, watch what there's a surplus of and maybe use more of that in the soup. All to, of, to manage a kitchen, in other uh, words? To manage an actual kitchen. All of these skills are going to be devalued and sometimes prohibited by central management in favor of a central commissary approach. The only way we know we're in compliance is we're going to send you baked goods. We're not going to rely on you to do the baked goods yourself anymore. I watch a lot of Bar Rescue with my wife, and uh, one of the things that uh, this guy, John Taffer, uh, stresses to restaurants is that if you have higher-priced items uh, on, say, a list of whiskeys or something, that uh, the people who are looking at that menu will stop at a higher-priced item than they otherwise would uh, when they make that uh, when they make their final choice of uh, of a, of a spirit, but that there, I can't imagine there's much difference with foods that uh, with a lot of chain restaurants, they may actually be encouraged to put items on the menu that have far higher calories than the things they're serving now in order to drive people to something that has a higher profit margin, but also contains higher calories. That's a fun theory, and we're still very early in the history of how uh, people and food servers um, react to these new incentives. Uh, the uh, Naturally, the uh, nanny state advocates, if I may call them that, uh, like the Bloomberg Center at Johns Hopkins, have come out with favorable reports about, oh, yes, it's definitely swaying people. But there's a new book out getting great reviews for, uh, from uh, two law professors about the general failure of labeling uh, and disclosure to get what it wants. And uh, we know even in the calorie count area that the great majority of uh, customers ignore it. So maybe is it doing some good with the 20% who look at it? Well, my favorite counterintuitive finding in this entire area is that one of the early studies of restaurant labeling found that uh, it had a differential effect uh, on uh, the category of Uh, uh, customers who were um, women in their 20s and 30s, sure enough, uh, that calorie consumption sank even further. Uh, When it came to the uh, burly guys who were going in in order to get a nice filling meal, calorie consumption went up because they began spotting things. They didn't realize it was, that was good, but look at the calories. It's (laughs) got to have something going for it if it's got that many calories in it. So uh, they were using it in order to do exactly what Michael Bloomberg did not want them to use it for. The other angle to this, for me at least, is the idea that uh, a calorie is a calorie is a calorie and that calories is the most important metric that you as a consumer ought to use when deciding what to eat. 
Yeah, and we know that it isn't. We know that calories that are um, uh, you know, re- released slowly because of the particular qualities of foods uh, behave somewhat differently than calories that are a sugar rush, for example. And this does train people to go back and think that that's the uh, thing worth looking at. But you know, over the longer term, uh, you are going to be driving up costs very substantially. The, the uh, vending machine people are going crazy because it's already the key constraint how long it takes to restock a machine, and uh, this adds significantly to that. Uh, the uh, various people who've been pushing the food movement are ecstatic, more ecstatic than I think you would be able to glean from the actual content, but they recognize something that I think we critics also ought to recognize, which is for them, this accomplishes turning uh, the grocery and restaurant businesses into a federally regulated business, which by and large they were not before. And once that is in place, they become a regulated industry reporting to Washington. Other things will follow. Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at overlawyered.com and cato.org.